0: Kick off with the biggest character deal only at Pep. Babies' tees and vests only $39.99. Kids just $44.99. Buy any two and score a saving of 10. More deals, more fun in store. Life's better with Pep. Vuga, it's time to wake up.
1: Thank you to all of you who reach out to me who send me messages hello no matter where you're joining whether that's south africa whether it's america indonesia anywhere in africa i know that nigerian people tune in to us and so do kenyan people um and yes hi how are you awesome that you are joining us and following us on the show as you know the show is about healthcare. care it's about healthcare professionals. It's also about us learning more about healthcare, things that we don't talk about. It's things also that affect us, that affect us, our, our actual health. And that is something we're going to be talking about today. But also to know that healthcare professionals are people and we need to improve our relationship and also take ownership of our own health. I am a coach and a mentor. I also facilitate and I speak, and it is about working with people for them to be able to achieve their goals and set out to live their their potential. So today's guest is, lady's name is Louisa, and I'm going to get her to pronounce her surname because I would have said Mahudi, but maybe, oh, Mahudi, she's nodding at me. So yay, we got it right. Um, Louisa Mahudi is going to be talking to us about something that does affect us, um, and that's about recruitment, getting a new job, leaving an old one, all sorts of things. Um, Louisa, we're going to find out from Louisa about her career, but she certainly works in executive recruitment. And um, she has an interesting background in that she started off um, in holding a master's in sociology, And she then worked uh, with that. She started off as well in the academic world. From academic, went into consulting, and especially in the human resources area. And um, within HR, she's done lots of different things, market research, training, development, women's women's projects. And so, yes, we're going to find out more from you, Louisa. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you very much for having me, Colleen.
1: So, um, Louisa, let's, I've got to say Louisa Mahudi because I've got the name right. We've got to say it
0: again. Just call me Louisa. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs>
1: um, tell us more about, you know, your career journey of, you know, when you left school, did you know what you wanted to do?
0: No, I didn't, actually. I, I, we didn't have the career guidance. All I knew is I'm good at what I do, and I, I just keep focused, keep studying. And I'm sure I'll end up in a job. That's what I knew. Uh, but I think the subjects that I was good at were more in the human the sociology, English. Um, and even though as typical, you know, my, uh, my parents wanted to do medicine, but I was hopeless at mathematics. And so the way I was good at the English, the sociology is what led me down my career path.
1: Okay, and then going
0: into things like HR, into recruitment, well, certainly as well into consulting. Yes, yes, and I must say that was sort of by default. I mean, I lectured at UNISA for six years in the sociology department because I have a master's degree in sociology, and uh, I then left. Back then, um, you know, I was enticed to enter the consulting world. Uh, It appeared more lucrative. Um, and and I uh, the first offering that I, I I presented was that of research uh, research for companies doing market research to understand uh, the buying patterns of people so that they could fine tune their products to that that is where I started but uh, and then I was led into the human resource space which I must say has been the mainstay of my career past twenty five years. And something that I love very much, uh, going into executive search, uh, companies are pointing us to look for talent, specific talent, in my case, more at the top end, your top executives up to CEOs and placing uh, board board uh, directors, directors of of boards. So that's what I've done for the past 25 years, and I must say have really and I continue to enjoy it. I interact with a lot of people. It really brings you into the world of people, spaces of people, their aspirations, their frustrations, and both on the side of clients and candidates. And so we play the uh, uh, middle of the road, the role of match, being a matchmaker. And, you know, they say when I came in, it's both a science and an art. Science in the fact that there's a methodology that you follow when you recruit. So when I started, we relied a lot on research and headhunting. So going to companies and and finding the skills, which was very challenging and difficult. We also did a bit of advertising. Uh, When you advertise, though, we used to say you attract job seekers, not the appropriate candidates. And so the, the, the skill there, the, the science is to really headhunt, is to find people where they are uh, who have the requisite skills that the client is looking for. Mm. Down the line, you know, technology has advanced and made it relatively easy to find people because of all the, the social media platforms, more specifically LinkedIn, which is a professional uh, uh, platform. But all the other platforms, again, they, they lend themselves to, to finding people. So, yeah. Um, and I talked about the science of it. The art of it is the neck and the ability, because when companies recruit, they look for technical competency. That's the one thing. You must have the right qualifications, have the experience, a certain number. And then there's what is called the culture fit, and that is will you be able to fit into that organization? So what we do as headhunters is that we need to understand the culture of the organization. Uh, And I've had instances where right qualifications, right experience, but if, and culture has to do with one, just the way that the company is and how they operate. For instance, your more research academic institutions are not like your typical uh, corporate sector, quite fleshy, beautiful buildings. People like to meet and hang out. The people who go academic are more research focused. Um, you know, just an example, the lady I, once, I wanted to, I was about to place in a research institute. And she went there and she came back, she said, Luis, I don't want to work there. Those brown bricks, I don't see myself going there. I mean, a small thing like that became yes. a deal breaker and she didn't take the offer. But um, So a lot of things appeal to people. And so we play the midwives to bring like-minded people together so that there's synergy between what the company is offering and what the candidate wants. And we spend most of our time at work. So that chemistry must be there. Mm -hmm. It has to be there. Yes. Yes.
1: Okay, so yeah, bricks absolutely can be a deal breaker if you've got to go look at those bricks every day, yeah, and you can go absolutely. like, "No, I can't look at these bricks every day." Yeah
0: yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Okay, so
1: it's interesting that you've spoken about the client. So the client is the company looking for the person for the, in your case, looking for the board person, looking for the CEO, looking for some senior executive, yes. and then you've spoken about the candidate. Yeah. So I picture you almost with a shopping list of then saying, okay, we're looking for, the the client is looking for ABC, and then off you go with your shopping list. And then do you then go to where you said like social media, you then go onto social media and you're then looking for somebody with that ABC.
0: Yes. And then there are other recruitment uh, uh, portals like your peanut and your career junction. Uh, When I was at the summit as HR summit recently, I met one of the PNET people, and we uh, PNET is a very useful resource. And they shared with me that they have over 6 million people. So you go on there. So when people are looking for jobs, I always say, go on, put yourself C- on PNET. Because as recruiters, when we are looking, we go there. And yes, we do have a shopping list of what the client is looking for, which would know typically your qualifications, your experience, your industry, if it's industry-specific. And then then the work begins and the art comes in on our side of uh, then interviewing the candidates so we can suss out uh, wh- what are their aspirations and are they aligned with what the client yeah. is looking for. Yeah. And that that is quite an extensive process. You know, it's a lot of work. Um, uh, it is a lot of work. I mean, I just recently finished an assignment for a... Uh, CFO and they wanted because they are in the public sector the post to be advertised so that it's transparent and inclusive and in all I must have screened close to 200 CVs so it's a lot but I think over time you you develop a nag for identifying who's relevant who's not and the, yeah. the 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 beginning is obviously you must have the right qualifications and the experience and it's the other quote-unquote softer things that the interview will, will elicit uh, as we talk. And, and I would then make the assessment if it's a good fit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So on that, while we go, we go for a break, then we're also going to come back and look and see, okay, so obviously if your profile isn't set up properly, you aren't going to be found. But let's go for a break first.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, Colleen. Very good question, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: let's go for a break first.
0: Get seamless underwear at super low prices, only at Pep. Seamless non-padded bras, an incredible $59.99 in a soft, stretchy fabric. Matching seamless boy legs, an amazing $34.99. Get them all in a range of new colors. Life's better with Pep. You are listening to Vuga Online Radio.
1: Welcome back. You're tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colleen Quist. I'm speaking to Louisa Mukhudi today, and she's talking to us about recruitment, about HR, about companies looking for people and her going to find the people and actually playing like matchmaker. And so we were actually saying that if you can't be found, so let's use an example. Um, We're looking for a BCom, we're looking for a CA, we're looking for five years of experience, we're looking for blah, 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 must be registered with. And if you're looking for your little shopping list and you can't find that on, on LinkedIn or wherever else you're going to, you know, then obviously the person
0: is not going to come up in your shortlist. Yes, definitely. And and to add on to that, even how you you put your information, it must be reader-friendly. If I'm going through 200 CVs, the one that's going to appeal to me that I'm going to is the one where uh, uh, um, your attributes are very well. So financial skills, bullet one, two, three, human resources, da, 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 you know. Easy, but some people write a whole paragraph, and you've got to be weighed, weighed through all that. And yeah. at the end, you like you get irritated because how it's how you present yourself. And mm-hmm. if it's a senior role, you like if you can't even sell yourself to me, how are you going to do your job? So it's about right. putting your best foot forward right from the beginning. Yeah,
1: especially when you have the hundred and fiftieth CV.
0: Absolutely, yes. yeah. like why but must always- I? Yeah, Why must I go through this? Yeah. Give me what a reason. What I
1: always say to people is, like, don't copy and paste directly off Google. Because, you know, I mean, even with me scanning through, like, five or six or seven CVs, 200. Oh, no. Yeah. Yes, it,
0: yes. It
1: literally is that you are then disqualified based on not didn't mean this, didn't mean that job done.
0: And, and you, make you, my you job don't is-
1: spend 20 hours reading each CV.
0: No. And you make my job easier, if I'm to say, but you, you, you discredit yourself by not. Because the, the, your aim is to get to face the client. I'm yes. the intermediary. So you also need to impress me enough that I should screen you and recommend you to the client. Yes. So the only thing you have between you and me is the paper. So we always say, you must look good on paper. And that doesn't mean frilling it all up, you know, people maybe go overboard, you know, now people like to put their photos, which is okay. It does give you a feel, you know, but it's how you organize your information it has to be readable, it has to speak to your skills, well organized. It's like a reflection of who you are, you know, how you present yourself. Nice. Mm.
1: Yeah. And as you said, skip the waffle and, um, give the actual point form of dum-dum-dum-dum and also when you are able to give the point form it also shows well as you as you say the the intermediary and obviously the end user it gives them an understanding that you know what's involved you know what's important
0: and you know another thing uh colleen is when we for instance advertise and maybe those who are on the other portals if but when we advertise, you see a person. What people do? They will send as soon as send their CV. Yes. And I always say you need to read um, the, the the job requirements and maybe tweak. I'm not talking about embellish.
1: Yeah. Tweak You're your not talking so about cheats. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah,
0: tweak your so that it addresses what the requirements are. Yes. So speak to the strengths the attributes that you have that are aligned with what the client is looking for if you have the advantage of uh, having seen the job spec now on the other process with pned yes we will we will um, start list based on you know the basics what we see and should you then make a shortlist this is when we will then uh, go through the detail to to bring out you know the other yeah. finer things that are not on paper Okay. All
1: right. So thank you for that. I think it's, it's just, you know, we can talk about the heartache of applying for a job of putting your CV out there. And then often I find people do it in a linear fashion where you apply for one and then you wait and then, you know, you didn't get that one. So then you cry and then you pick yourself up again, you apply for the next one and then you wait as opposed to like applying lots of different places but it also helps the candidates see that they must be findable and they must be worth finding.
0: Yes, absolutely. And just to reiterate the points you have made, it's how you present your information. So uh, jobs have got a, a role, role profile, the role profile, the title, finance manager, human resource practitioner, auditor, uh, internal auditor, certified internal auditor, so, the role title must be there. And that's yes. what we filter when we input the information onto uh, PNET, for instance. So, it will bring out. So, you've got to use the right terminology that yes. will. And I know that PNET, and when I was at the summit, the ladies were telling me, we insist that they put down XYZ, and that makes it easier for us. So, your qualifications, number of years' experience, because clients are always looking, they will say, stipulate they must at least have had six years' experience in finance of which form must be at an executive level. So you've got to put all that down and make it easy to be reachable. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. And great point there as well is to not just have one CV that you send out willy-nilly to whatever. You need to actually look at the the description and also make sure is your CV – matched to it so use you, you know the candidate starts in the up front with what matches what doesn't match by also using the language used in the advert
0: yeah absolutely like with linkedin normally we we place an ad and we will uh, uh, enumerate what the requirements are uh, that is the one side on the other side we also use uh, linkedin as like a peanut resource where we filter we we, we draw the, the kinds of candidates. So it's a two-pronged process. But if you're an active applicant, you need to be vigilant about standing out and being sought after. So you don't just get missed at, uh, due to technicalities that you didn't highlight or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, yeah.
1: Right. And you say that you you work with top executives, of course. I mean, obviously, you've got to know the top executives in the industry in in different industries because you don't just work in one industry.
0: Oh, yes, I work across all industries, across yeah. all because at executive level, we look at more managerial executive leadership leadership yes. skills. Mm-hmm. So no, when you say know them," I wouldn't say "I know them. Yes, having been in the industry for so long. But a head, therein lies the art, the, the skill of a headhunter. I must go and find them. Yes. And I will recognize them by how they present. And when I interview them, their competencies, the leadership styles, we do competency-based interviewing that will elicit, you know, show us if you know what you're talking about. Yes. So it's it's you develop a net for it. And I must say, over time, I mean... In the five, first five minutes, I can tell whether a person is suitable or not. <laughs> it is, And that's why they say you should, uh, first appearances matter. Um, yeah. You know, you don't fumble, fumble, get to the point, be prepared. We are now talking about interview. Uh, present yourself well. Yeah. Um, answer the questions. Sometimes you ask a person a question and they t- want to show you they know so much. But they, even when I watch TV, I always say, oh, but you haven't answered the question. Yes, what you're saying is relevant, but that's not the question I asked. Yeah. So it's so important to answer the question. Yes.
1: Mm. And so you're also then checking to see listening skills or did the perf- person waffle on about whatever or as I always say, go down rabbit holes of like, no, don't go down rabbit holes in an interview. It's going to sink you big time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. And I don't know why people... Uh, 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 give you information you haven't asked for and sometimes it's information that you are still going to ask but i have a set of questions so i want you to answer this one so give me an answer now you've spoken about all the others yeah i don't know whether it's a lack of listening skills or sometimes nerves come in and then we have to you know but try as much as possible to to listen and answer the question yes it's
1: also a case of filling the silence of you know like instead of just saying three lines then you go oh hang on now i'm gonna say another three lines and now i'm gonna say another three lines as opposed to saying okay three lines said now we keep quiet
0: (laughs) absolutely absolutely and and we gauge we, we evaluate people based on a number of issues so even that would be um so I mean, I do board placements and I evaluate if this is how you're conducting, how are you going to speak at a board where there are other people, are you listening to them? So when you come with your response, is it a response to what's being said or are you really running ahead and thinking of address the issue that is at hand? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, and,
1: um, you know, it's also your own personal reputation where the last thing is you want to place somebody or send somebody for an interview and they phone you up and say, Louisa, what were you thinking, sending us that one?
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely, Colleen. I, you know, and uh, the market, many people have gone into recruitment. It may look like it's simple, you find people, but I think over time you do distinguish yourself as a good recruiter. And I always say, you know, when like last week, uh, somebody saying, I'm looking for, and I say, I'll give you four CVs. And my aim is always that the top two must be such that any one of them can go in. In fact, the client must, and I've had situations like that where they said, the CEO said, you know, any one of these two I could take. And that shows that we've understood the brief well, but it's also a risk mitigation a strategy because should something happen and things do happen when number one doesn't you know like within South Africa if number one doesn't come through then number two should be able to come through yeah but I'm just talking about the, the fine art of a recruiter to make sure that you really understand what the client is looking for yeah otherwise they would not use you if you don't get it right okay. mm.
1: Okay, so let's go for our next break and then let's look at the trends in, in recruitment, but in different industries, what's happening out there. But let's go for our
0: break. Okay.
1: No one decides hey, to go into it? debt. What is it like? creeps up on you. Hey. Slowly. Ah! Debt oh, follows away. debt <laughs> follows debt
0: unless you do something about it. Face your debt problems before they
1: cripple you. It's time to do it. You're listening to VUGA Online Radio. Welcome back. You're tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. Today, we're looking at recruitment and how recruitment also can impact you. Because whether you are the person who's looking for somebody or the person who is, or as we said, whether you're the client or you're the candidate, It's something that takes up time. It's something that takes away from you emotionally. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, we got the job. We can put the champagne on the social media. But we don't always share the journey to get to the champagne on the social media. Yes. Of course, I also work with a lot of people who sometime into their jobs are saying, there's no more champagne here. I hate my job, want a new job, leaving and then I always think, gee, this was the job that you had champagne for. But yes, things change. So, what are the trends at the moment?
0: Uh, the trends, um, maybe let me talk about from the client side, and the use of recruitment agents is that um, in as cut costing, cost cost containment, cost cutting, yes. cost cost cutting, cost <laughs> containment. Um, a lot of companies are now doing a lot of their internal recruitment. And that is more not at the level, at the high level, more on the uh, lower level up to managerial. And that's where, and I'm saying this for the benefit of of candidates, that you need to go on the website of companies. You know, they they are always posting jobs and they have internal recruiters. So that is a big change, you know, over the years where, Companies are now doing their own. And I think most companies, if you go on their websites, you will see uh, careers that are open. So I would say that that is a big one that cuts us out. Uh, we're not complaining. There's still enough work at an, another level. Um, and yes, they are also, like us, using all the other platforms, going to uh, n- um, LinkedIn and Postnet. I mean, PNET. P-Net. And so the same pointers that we were sharing of how to present yourself, you you have to consistently make sure that the the profile that represents you and who you are should be worthy of being selected. So I would say those are the general trends, Uh, but companies are always recruiting. And you'll hear that uh, the people are being retrenched and they're downsizing or they're restructuring, but whenever they do that, It opens up the space for a new kind of um, skill that they are looking for. So I think people should just need to be more vigilant and then maybe to talk about even the global scale, which I've also sort of ventured into. uh, That, you know, now uh, candidates are also looking internationally for, for jobs. So it has sort of changed the dynamic a bit. And I know that with the unemployment rate in South Africa, that a lot of young people are unemployed and they need to look at global uh, opportunities. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, are you finding as well that, you know, with us being able to work from home that we can then work anywhere?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I'm thank God to COVID. Uh, I think one thing that it did prove is also that we can be efficient and effective. Wherever we are, in fact, even me as a consultant, I find that from the time I start working and, the, and I do much more once having cut out the travel time, um, you know. And I, I suppose it would apply to to employees also if you are vigilant and you are focused. I think that we can put in much more effort into our work, and it's also cost saving exercise. How much you save on not having to travel. Um, I haven't been, I haven't worked in a company, but you know sometimes our clients tell us they complain about the over the time that can uh, employees spend on interacting with each other rather than focusing on the work. So I think the working from home And ensures, even though you know there's two sides to it. Employees would feel that um, they, they are burnt out. I think there was a complaint after COVID where people felt because. There were some uh, um, monitoring systems that were put in place and people were starting to feel that they are being overworked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there's flexibility. And at the end of the day, it's about delivering on results. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's about measuring outcome as opposed to input.
0: And but, and it's yeah. also about being counted for, for, for being employed, not just uh, – Uh, bums on seats you know and I think the transparency of remote working is that's what it is it's give me my kpas what is it that you want and you deliver on that and I think if you are disciplined it's it's just good to have that flexibility for all the benefits that I've mentioned of saving time and and money travel money travel costs yeah
1: let's look at culture cultures of different places you know, obviously from the client who's wanting a specific person to fit into their culture, but then also the candidates who, um, you know, often you look at the glossiness on the website or you look at the koi fish as you walk in the door and you think this will be a amazing place to work.
0: Yeah, and culture, you know, and that's my area, being a sociologist, culture is really about how we do what we do. And the whole environment, and you know, over years, companies invest a lot to creating an inducive come uh, um, um, culture environment that that is um, lends itself for productivity. They also do take into account that um, employees should feel heard, accommodated, um, yes, and and that they can and make be able to work
1: to, in a safe space
0: in a safe space that is them. But at the same time, we have to bear in mind, it's all about delivery. And I know studies have done, even the Silicon Valleys, where now they are putting in music in the office, you can play music, others even have bars, where you can have a glass of beer, wine while you're working, because they've said all those things can add to your feeling good and being productive. So if we are old school where you thought you must sit behind the desk, other companies are now putting more uh, couches, you know, that you don't have to be sitting upright in a chair to show that you are working. And so there is that um, flexibility, I think, to accommodate uh, and to, to, to yeah, to be more adaptable. But I think the bottom line is still that, you know, the work must get done. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, you need to deliver but you need to deliver what you're delivering in the vehicle in delivery can be very different
0: yes yes and as i said earlier you know companies also invest a lot in training team and as a coach you know you are invited to do team buildings so you see what are the complaints how are people working together what is the objective of of the organization how does it fit fit in with how people are feeling so on an ongoing basis i think most companies are very open to incorporating the the views and the preferences of employees mm-hmm. so that this culture and as we know culture is not static it's an ever-moving uh thing that people contribute towards that you can feel you own it um that because you created it and yeah Yes. And you you can yeah. then adhere to what's, you work within that environment because you've been listened to. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I obviously see a lot of workplaces where they talk it and they put it on the wall about how amazing and how innovative and how wonderful everything is. And then you look at the people and you think, oh, but they don't feel like they work in an innovative place or that it's, you know, a safe space or, yeah. So a lot of companies have perfected the marketing and the whatever you stick on the walls to say, look at us, look how wonderful we are, or on their website, but working there. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than when your internal staff, your, your employees don't believe the marketing because they live yeah. it. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I think what you are referring to, which is one of my pet peeves is the values that yes. are put on I was listening to radio the other day and this guy where the people were talking about their pet peeves and one was saying, what I hate is um, the people who you get to a reception and you are asking something and a person is eating at reception and you are coming And I've seen I've our consultant over 25 years ago to companies and while you're waiting there, the way that they would behave is not giving a good image of the company. Yeah. And so the values and what you read on the wall commitment drive passion what what and mm-hmm. what you need to see is people living those values. It yeah. shouldn't be on the wall. You should experience it when you come in. Yeah. And you must you must much, live the
1: words. You must live yes. the emotion and the feelings, yes. not Absolutely. read the words on the wall.
0: And I mean sometimes it's as bad as you hearing uh, employees complaining about the company at reception or wherever. Yes. And, you know, the way I look at it is once you get into an organization, you cease to be Louisa. You are now ESCOM, an ESCOMite. And yes. so what are the values? And you need to be living those values. Yeah. If you have any gripes, those should be dealt with uh, separately. So, yes. um, you know, somebody once say people want to a job, but they don't want to work. Uh, and yes, we deal with the interface of people wanting to work. But once people are in the work situation, uh, sometimes they don't conduct themselves to the best uh, advantage and value of the organization. I have to say that. I have to say that, uh, and, and that is another thing that really worries me about underperforming companies and the 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 the, the spirit of entitlement. Once people come into the job, where it's all about pay me, but they don't evaluate what am I bringing? How am I making this organization better? Now that I'm here, yes, the company is duty bound to pay me, give me a desk, a laptop, but what value am I actually make uh, uh, bringing to the party? And this is where people get retrenched. Uh, you know, there are some courses they talk about how to be unretranchable. You know, how do you stand out? How would you work in a way that? When come when it comes down to the why and they are retrenching, you'd be a person that would not be considered. So it's a two way street of making organizations work. It's not about the employer and an employee. Once you are in there, we all in it together. In fact, there's no company without the people, and it's the people who will drive the strategy and make things happen. And I think each and everybody has to has to feel that way, uh, and and to demonstrate it in what they do. And I must say, the private sector maybe gets it better than our SOEs uh, and the government departments. Oh, yeah. You know, when you go to the government departments, it's actually hor- horrendous. It is.
1: So, just a good reminder for everybody listening that yes, their rights of employment, the rights of the employee, but it's very much about that their responsibilities too, and what value are you adding? To your job, what value are you bringing to the company, and are you adding to the brand or are you subtracting? Yeah. So, in closing, Louisa, what would you say your big one take home is for people?
0: And if you are an employee,
1: um, yes, let's for, do it as both. If you are the client,
0: if you are a client looking to to recruit, um, I think companies, you know, and I come. Companies, we always say to them: as much as you think that you are offering work and people, uh, candidates are looking for a job. You've got to prove to them that you are offering them an environment that they will want to work in. Yes, and there are sometimes cases. I recently, now last week, somebody said, "I walked away from the client." This just showed me that uh, sometimes, you know. So it's a two-way street. Even clients have to also. Bend over backwards to be appealing to to retain you, to retain you, and this person left that job to and also sitting, keep you. Yes, they are sitting yeah. at home. He doesn't have a job yet, and he's high, quite senior. I think he was an MG for a CA, but he said I walked out, Louisa. Um, and you know, we spoke about culture earlier. We uh, companies re- recruit for skills, what, right? well, The thing that will break a relationship is the culture. If you don't agree, bad people, your boss, who's uh, the down your throat uh, and in the many years I've been in recruitment there's only one time that my candidate couldn't last the three months which is the guarantee period and it was because of the lack of the not good relationship with, with the, uh, his boss and I kept pleading to him please talk to him and he tried after that he said no I cannot stand this so yes uh, um, people in senior management need to be how they communicate how they it's very important. So it's not about I'm doing you a job, I've given you a, you know, I'm doing you a favor, I've given you a job. They also yeah. have to uh, bend over backwards. And from the recruiter side, I think is to reiterate what we have already said about coming in and adding value really and truly and taking pride in who you are, what you bring, what you know, being prepared to grow and to develop. Uh, mm-hmm. For yourself and so for the, the top audience. thing, be
1: findable and be worth finding.
0: Yes, be findable. And stay worth finding. And stay one well and, and leave a good uh, re- uh, reference behind. You know, often when we do, you know, when we recruit, the last thing we do, background checks and we do references, and clients always say, oh, do those things ever give you a right? Because people always say positive things. But uh, candidates often re- uh, send us to people who say good things. But also, a rare situation when one somebody I just said, "No, I can't give this person a good reference," and went on, I was so shocked. but be true, you know, be a person that people can give a good reference yeah. to you, and that's not why you do it. but just be be the best that you are. it can only it can only bode well for you. Yes. be the best. Okay, Louisa,
1: thank you so much. I think that the we've just almost like scratched the surface. Yes.
0: <laughs> but
1: thank you for joining us.
0: Thank okay. you for having me. I hope that it has been of value. Yeah. Yes. Much appreciated.
1: Okay, so to all of you listening to us, thank you very much for joining us. Remember that you are loved, you matter, and you're not alone. You have been listening to Healthcare Hour with Colleen Quist. Enjoy your week. Mm. SA's
0: lowest-cost bank account is here. No monthly fees, no debit orders, and free money transfers. Now you can do even more from your phone for free, like pay bills and buy airtime or data. And it works on any phone. Register via the ShopRite app or dial this number. Powered by ShopRite. You're listening to Vuga Online Radio.